All right, welcome back in Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. It is a uh, it's a Thursday. We're getting close, just a couple days away from that Saturday kickoff. And boy, it's been uh, it's been too long since we've had one of our favorites on. I say that, and I mean it. I I I, I can see him. We're doing this on a Zoom. I can see him. You're, you're snickering. I, one of my favorites. John Lund, KNBR. I know there's a the punchline coming. I know no, there's just like, on. but I know it's just, it'll happen. It, it I, I am very appreciative and you are being sincere, but I, I'm sure that after however long we're going to be here, 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long it is, that, uh, yeah, that'll get back at us. Okay. All right. I'll take it. It will. That's all right. No, just uh, <laughs> take a compliment. One of my I favorite will. guys. He's, yeah, he's yeah. a host. Very defensive. KNBR. He's, he, He's, he's the host for the 49ers pre and halftime and post game, all things 49ers. If you follow him on Instagram, he'll he'll do a selfie about 8 o'clock in the morning from Rainy <laughs> Levi Stadium on Every Saturday. Week. Here I am. Here I Every, am. I don't know. You know what? I, it's just one of those things where I, I don't I, – I always think to myself, this is so goofy, and I walk down on the field and do all these stupid things, and then – and people like it, so I just I do the. It's almost the same. Be honest with you, it's the same thing every week. And they're like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And all these thumbs up. I'm like, "All right, you people are simple. Right on. I'll just do it again." Yeah. Nothing screams simpleton like the Bay Area, man. Nothing, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, and, and they just maybe just because you're goofy looking, and they say, "Oh, I, I see this probably guy again. It. I It's probably it. It's probably it. Yeah, I had an eye surgery, and I put these big like big glasses on one day, and it got the most hits ever. I'm like, so the uglier I am, which isn't hard to do, the better. It does. I don't know. This is how it works. All right. Well, well, it's good. Uh, well, well, let's start with the weather. You just mentioned it. Uh, for those of us that Oof. have to do a 90-minute pregame show from uh, <laughs> from the stadium there on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, how's it going to be? Do I need to bring, like, a, a boat or something? Yeah. What, what? Bring your rubbers. Uh, a What is that? Gilligan's Island three-hour <laughs> <Excuse> tour. <me>. <laughs> bring your rubbers. Uh, for, look, we don't get the rain like you get the rain, but I've lived in rainy places, and I lived up in Portland, and I know – it's not the yeah. annoying drizzle that's going on right now. We're getting floods. I had to be a now. You'll laugh at this. I had to be a newsman for a second today. They they send they they send me this thing on my screen and they say you have to read this. And I look at it and it's flood warning in San Francisco in San Mateo County. And it's like that's not me. Like I'm goofy and stupid. Like you you want to do something stupid? I'm like hand it to our producer. Let him read it. And he did, and he was really good at it. But we were having flash floods, and they're telling you not to leave, and we're running these bulletins, and hail's coming down. And, you know, I mean, we, we see something, but, you know, we don't we don't get much snow. You guys don't get much snow. I mean, we don't get snow. Uh, when we get rain like we've gotten, it, it totally cripples the whole Bay Area. But we were getting big old, you know, ping pong ball hail today. It was just like, what in the? So just well, be prepared. There's an easy solution. There's an easy solution. Just move the game up to Seattle where it's gorgeous up here. <laughs> Isn't that on, wild? Up here. Everybody that I'm talking to, I, I was talking to a friend in Southern California. I was talking to my kid, of course, in Arizona, and they're like, oh, 72 and sunny. I'm like, hey, would you stop? But, uh, yeah, and, and maybe that, to, to just kind of take it out of the game, maybe that's advantage Seattle. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is not a guy that's going to dunk a ball in a, in a bucket. He doesn't believe in that. They don't have a, a bubble to go inside here. I mean, they just practice out in the elements. That's just what they do. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, oh, wow. They, they don't do any of that. We don't have, there's no bubble. There's no dunking balls. There's none of that stuff. Kyle doesn't believe in it. And we've gotten pr- some pretty bad weather this year. It, it, there's been a lot of threats, and then it hasn't come through. But we've got a couple of games uh, this year that have been rain games. Last year, there was a, I think it was a Sunday or Monday night against the Colts. It was just a downpour. They didn't play well in. But I, you know, I don't know what you think, but I'm always of the belief that if – you have inclement weather, then it probably favors the team that is the underdog. And in this point, in that, in this obviously aspect, it's the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are used to playing in this weather more than the 49ers are. Yeah, John Lund joining me, KBR. Okay, I, 
I guess the thing, my reference point would be you. You know, the Niners played a game. The Forty Niners played a game. What game one this year? The first game of oh, the year yeah, they Bears. played in Chicago. Not yeah, well, and it was and it was awful. And I, I guess I brought this up on my show a couple of days ago. I, I think maybe the weather when it's that bad, it, it, I don't know if it evens things out, but just stranger things can happen. No you doubt. Know, like whatever advantage somebody can, because what, what happened in that game, for example, I'll give because you, it was, I mean, it well, was awful. I'll, I'll give you a great example. And you guys know this guy, Dante Pettis, former Washington Husky, former second round pick of the, of the 49ers found himself in that game wide open just because, I don't know, it was raining and all of a sudden, hey, who's that guy over there? Um, oh, that's that former 49er, Dante Pettis, and he caught a touchdown. It was it was, you know, just completely quirky, and, and the Bears won the game. They didn't know where Justin Fields was going. Meanwhile, you look back, and the Bears are the worst team in the league and have the number one pick. So, look, anything can happen, and I agree with you. I mean, weather is a great equalizer. Having said that, the 49ers want to run the football, and they have been able to run the football well against the Seahawks like like a lot of teams. So, you know, they're probably going to do, even though there's a lot of hoopla around Brock Purdy, they're going to do what they did with Jimmy throughout the playoffs as few times as he can throw it. That's what they want to do. And they have a ton of weapons. So if it becomes a mutter kind of a game, maybe maybe the Seahawks have an advantage, but certainly the 49ers are built for it too. That field in the past, now it's, I don't know what it's a decade old or so now, right? But, I mean, I remember in the past that field, that turf had been an issue even in some of the best of times, I assume they have it covered all week and all that, but is there any concern about that field holding up? No, they've, it's much better than it used to be. You're right. There was a lot of issues with it and a lot actually over the last few weeks, just because the weather's been so bad, they've had it covered with those big blowers on there, which I had a dumb idea one uh, about two weeks ago. I went down there early and I thought this will be funny. I'll do the, my pregame stupid thing by one of these jet engines. And of course it was a jet engine and the whole rest of the day I couldn't hear. It was like I was at an Aussie concert for three days. <laughs> and so that was pretty stupid, but they, they do. They've, they've got a system down. The field is much better when they first, like you said, much with like a lot of places that open, you kind of try to get the turf right and everything. And, but yeah, it's, it's really good turf. They keep really good care of it. And uh, it's got a good drainage system, all that stuff, mo- very modern. And, and uh, they've, they've got all the, all the quirks out of it. So we've, we've played on some fields, some wet fields this year, inclement weather, and uh, it's held up just fine. Let me go um, – well, well, before we get into, like, the, the, the offense, defense, and kind of some of the, the keys, just overall, what was the thought from inside the 49ers headquarters when Seattle got in? I mean, they were looking at Seattle or Green Bay or Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and all, all three bring their different unique challenges and or weaknesses as a seven seed or a seven seed. you got weaknesses. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but what, what were you hearing from some of the players or coaches you talked to? Well, there's an immense amount of respect for Pete Carroll. I mean, really what we were talking about this week and what Kyle was talking about this week is, you know, we thought uh, it was a year ago yesterday was the was the final game of the season in which the 49ers beat the Rams 27-24 and then got into the playoffs barely and then met them again in the NFC Championship game and then they win the Super Bowl. And, uh, and, up, and here we thought, well, that Seahawks thing is over and now it's going to be McVay, Shanahan, and it's going to be Rams 49ers for, you know, five or ten years, whatever it's going to be. And so that – that has shifted from Seattle down to L.A. Well, boy, were we wrong. Uh, they've completely imploded. Aaron Donald may not stay if Sean McVay leaves. I mean, you know the story about the Rams. They're a complete mess. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, here are the Seahawks again, exactly where we used to be. And we're in the, you know, it's it's the playoffs. We're only the second time, of course, 2014, the NFC Championship game. But, you know, it's now it's the Seahawks. And you guys did such a great job. And we can have this debate, too, executive of the year. I know what John Schneider did. And, turning that team around in that draft and robbing the Broncos and the Russell trade. But, you know, uh, the 49ers got Christian McCaffrey during the season and uh, drafted Brock Purdy and kept Jimmy Garoppolo around. And they've, they've just 
they've done a great job in in what they've done. But so the Seahawks, to me, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, on the horizon, it looks like the Seahawks are going to be back to where they're going to be. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do long term with Geno or draft the quarterback. You know the okay. the situation better than I do. Picking up five and twenty in the first round and getting the second rounder. I think Seattle with that young team that they've got, they're gonna they're gonna be around a while. And as long as Kyle Shanahan's in San Francisco and all of a sudden Brock Purdy looks pretty legitimate right now, I don't know what happens long-term to Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy's going to leave after the season, but they got a bunch of young guys that are that are, are going to be tied up. If you let Brock, if Brock Purdy's your quarterback, all of a sudden you got a seventh-round starting quarterback, and that contract's kind of like what you guys had with Russ oh. when he was in the third round. <laughs> yeah. So now you're not paying somebody yeah. $25 million bucks. Nick Bosa's up. They're going to sign Nick Bosa. He's going to be around here a long time. I think he's going to be the defensive player of the year. And Fred Warner signed, and Dre Greenlaw signed, and you go go on down the line. Most of those defenders are signed. Debo just signed. Ayuk's going to get signed soon. Um, Christian McCaffrey signed long term. So this is going to be 49ers Seahawks to me in this division for the foreseeable future. We don't even need to talk about the Cardinals. I think here we go again. What the next five, next ten years? Seahawks 49ers again for the division. It looks like to me. How, how does? How do all those guys fit in the cap, man? You just, you just rattle off like 10 pro bowlers are <laughs> all pro guys, including McCaffrey. And then when they went with McCaffrey, they, that, that to me told me they're all in this next couple of years. Yeah. Like they're all in. This is, this, and you know, they didn't expect a quarterback to get hurt, much less two quarterbacks to get hurt. But pretty, the, the Shanahan run offense and that defense, you can get carried away with, or you can get carried by a, a lesser quarterback. But man, how the hell do you guys fit all those dudes under the cap? No, that's a good point. I mean, if you look at, the, you know, Bosa's going to get paid, Armstead's already gotten paid. Uh, Greenlaw, they got under the wire. He's been a really under the radar, radar uh, linebacker. He's they're not this good yet, but Warner and Greenlaw are kind of what Willis and and Bowman were. And Bowman was actually maybe at times better than Willis, and that's kind of been the case yeah. for Dre Greenlaw this year. And then you know the biggest acquisition they got in the offseason, and I didn't think it was going to be this big, was Shavarius Ward because their corners <laughs> have been bad, and Ward's one of the best corners in the league. And they the one place you can attack is if we get into the game a little bit. You know, Diamondor Lenore, a former Oregon Duck, they lost Emmanuel Mosley in week, I think, four or five against Carolina. It was a homecoming for him. He's from back there. And he's a really solid underrated corner, and he's out for the year. And it happens to every team. We know that. But uh, that that's kind of their, their kryptonite side. And so they've been attacking. Teams have been attacking Diamondor Lenore. Uh, Talanoa Hafunga, their other safeties, going to the Pro Bowl. But he's really aggressive. So he'll make plays. He'll get interceptions. He'll make splash plays and woo plays. But then there's a ball over the top. The, the one thing against this defense, as good as it's been, it led the NFL in points per game and all these different things, different categories, rush yards, et cetera. They give up big plays. They did against Arizona one or two times. They did a lot against the Raiders the week before. One or two times a game, and usually it's because Talanoga Hufunga, their safety 29, is too aggressive. They'll give up a big play. And that's where you got to watch it against the Seahawks because you know this. Lockett a lot of times all of a sudden he's wide open. You're like, who the hell is covering that guy? You know, DK gets a lot of well, attention, but Lockett is always like yeah. behind the defense somehow, and that's that's the that's well, the yeah, concern. you got to avoid those linebackers, man. You got to avoid Warner. It, it is interesting, you know, watching Warner and Greenlaw. I think back to Willis and Bowman. I think back to KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner. Sure. I mean, there's been some great twosomes, and you know, I mean, in this in this conference for sure. Uh, I, I guess I look at you know, Javarius Ward's going to be an interesting matchup because for some reason last week now. The Rams did play more man, I guess, than they had in the past. Normally, they don't play a lot of man, but we saw a lot of DK and Jalen last week. Yep. And I saw a lot of and I saw a lot of Geno forcing the ball 
to DK Metcalf. One was a pick on the first play of the game. He almost got lost one later in the game as well in overtime. So, I mean, we've, we've seen that a little bit. Well, do they, will they play man? Will Ward match up man to man with DK or with Lockett on the field, 2000 yard receivers? Will they just try to play, you know, more one side than the other? I expect Javarius Ward to follow DK around because their belief, uh, whether it's right or not is, is debatable is that they want to, they want to take DK out of the game and the big plays there. And I think, and you guys know this better than I do, I think that he's a little bit like Jalen Ramsey, certainly not the physical way, but what I mean is from a mental standpoint, you know, messing with DK, and I know that the book on him a little bit is you try to go at him and take him out of his game. Uh, obviously on the, the Ramsey hit last week, as you you guys all know, and then he kind of pushes back and they didn't get that one. Uh, he got into it a little bit when we when the 49ers were up that there. That was just a love tap. No, I, I have no issue with it. I am, I am not starting yeah, anything here. Yeah, I, I'm a DK guy. I, I like DK. Uh, fine. But I, I do think that it's part of the strategy of the 49ers to, to bring a, a, a physical Get his head. Get yeah, his head. A physical feisty mm-hmm. guy like Shavarius Ward. They're going to, I think, for the most part, do what Jalen Ramsey did, which is follow him around the field. Now, that could backfire because, like you said <laughs> – Lockett is awesome. I mean, there's just no way to put it, especially the, with his hand the way that he is. I mean, I, I just I can't believe what the guy's doing. And Domador Lenore, at best, is a nickel corner. He should be their nickel corner. He's at, he's, he's actually be a backup corner on the bench. What they want, what they do is uh, they got Deshaun Gibson off the scrap heap, and he's had a heck of a year. They moved him to free safety because Jimmy Ward was out early in the season, missed the four, first four games. Ward used to play free safety, but had played nickel in his career. So they moved him down to nickel, and then they had Emmanuel Mosley outside, and they had a really good secondary. But now having Lenore out there, and he's undersized, and he tries, and he'll come up and tackle, but he gives up a lot of big plays, and he gives up size. Well, you know, Lockett is is really smart, and he's going to turn him around, and I would expect that uh, Tyler Lockett is going to make some plays against Diamond Lenore because that's what's happened the majority of the time that he's been in games this year. I'm glad you brought up Lockett because, I mean, I think, you know, we talk about a lot up here. And, you know, one of the cliches that, that, you know, all of us knuckleheads use in sports, right, is is the underrated player, the underrated player. But, you know, if you look or ask, ask around the league and even just fans, like, you know, hey, Seattle, they've got a great twosome, two great receivers, 2,000-yard receivers. Who are they? Well, DK. And, 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 right? It's, it's, and yet, I mean, 49ers know, Shanahan knows. You guys, I mean, 16 is a huge part of what they do. And if there is a big catch to be needed or had, it's him. And, yeah, he's playing with a broken hand, by the way, as well. But uh, it's the trust tractor Gino has in him is no doubt. Real quick on the run side before we get to the other yeah. side of the football. They don't give – you guys don't – 49ers don't give up big runs. I think they haven't given up a, a, run, a run of, what, 10 or 11, 12-plus yeah. in the last few games. Yeah, the big plays um, have been through the, they, through the air, definitely. Yeah, not on the ground. So – so can anybody? Because Seattle's going to want to run. They're going to want to try to get Ken Walker going north south, which he didn't. He didn't do it when you first saw him. He's going north south now, but they're going to want him going north south. Can anybody do anything against that front? Well, two weeks ago the Raiders did with Josh Jacobs, and that was definitely an outlier. They just hadn't done that. But you know they've had a lot of injuries. Now Eric Armstead coming back has has really eased a lot of those issues. Kevin Givens is not a big name that, that Seahawks fans are going to be well aware of, but he wears number 90, and he's been out for a few weeks, and he's a, a really good player. In fact, he's better, to be honest, than their first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw, who has fought uh, knee issues. Javon Kinlaw will play in this game. He's probably limited in the amount of snaps he can play, but what I'm trying to point out here is they've had a lack of depth, which is allowed, which has tired the guys out. Hassan Ridgeway is a guy that's already out. He used to be with the Eagles. He was a big run stuffer inside. They've just had a lot of injuries inside, but you and I were texting earlier, to, uh, earlier today, and 
you know, they're as healthy as they've been. So they don't have Ridgeway. He's out for the year. Kinlaw is going to be a bit limited, but they have Armstead. They're getting Kevin Givens for the uh, back for the first time in a few in a few weeks, and they'll rotate guys in there, kind of like what the New York Giants used to do with the NASCAR package when passing downs. Charles O'Menehue will go inside. Drake Jackson, the rookie out of USC, who was inactive last week but made a great play against the Raiders on an interception off a tip ball. And then uh, Kerry Hyder, who was with the Seahawks last year. And I, I don't know what the deal is with Kerry Hyder. He was with their line coach, uh, Chris Kucerich, in Detroit and was really good. He was with Kucerich with the 49ers and had like eight and a half, nine sacks the other year. And then the Seahawks signed him. He did nothing. And then he came back here and he's solid again. So my point is, is that they've got a bunch of guys that they rotate in to keep fresh. And it's not any one individual, maybe outside of Eric Armstead, that's really, really special. But it just seems like with that rotation, they just don't give up anything. And then the speed of Greenlaw, the speed of Warner, uh, Aziz Alshire is really good in the run game. They just have really good linebackers that can go sideline to sideline with a defensive line that just doesn't get pushed around. How the hell did Fred Warner end up at BYU? What the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> and he was playing safety. He, he played safety at BYU, and they, they brought him in, and they said, you know, he'd be really good. And that's it. really that's the heart of their defense. I think the biggest issue, and I think what the Seahawks have to do in the future, especially without Jordan Brooks for the foreseeable future, and that's where the 49ers are going to attack, is that middle of the field where that short passing game goes, where that quick stuff goes, and you better make those tackles. And, again, that's where Willis and Bowman were so good. That's where Warner and Greenlaw mm-hmm. are so good. That's where Hafunga, if he can keep it, you know, watch the back end of him. But in terms of things in front of him, he makes dynamic plays. They just have a lot of speed, and that's where everybody in the league likes to go now with that quick short stuff over the middle, and you better be able to, to stop and tackle. Uh, Bobby Wagner was so good. You guys had Cam Chancellor. I mean, you guys were so good in that kind of triangle right there. And that's where the where the 49ers are so good, and that's where I know the 49ers are going to try to attack the Seahawks. You, you know who doesn't throw over the middle and go down the middle? Number three in Denver. He doesn't either. You know why? Because he's, he's, he might be shorter than you. How tall um, are you again? Oh, yeah, I'm like 6'4". You're pretty big. You know, no, you're not. Big. If you, maybe yeah. if you double your – your kid's 6'4". I know. He's a lot bigger <laughs> than me. That's a, it, man, you start trying to tell your kid what to do. Hey, clean your room. He just came back from college. You know the story. And it's just like, come yeah, on. And he looks at me like, Dad, this is not happening. I could kick your ass. My kid's afraid my kid's afraid of me, so Yeah, you got a Actually, big kid too. <laughs> Jeez, I wouldn't tell him any I wouldn't say anything to him. Like, hey, whatever you want to do. Uh, You're cool. Hey, has has John Lund came here joining me? Has has Purdy had to win a game yet? Like, has he had to do the old game-winning drive yeah. nonsense? I mean, has he had to do that yet? Well, the or Raiders, even, I guess. Or even, or even what Goff did the other day, go yeah. down and kill a clock, like run out of game. Like, has he had to do that yet? I mean, he hasn't had to. He's, he's had some, you know, halftime, you know, uh, uh, halftime scores that were really good. Then they would double up and they get the ball back, those kind of things. He did against the Raiders. I mean, they won 37-34, and there was a couple of drives. They were down 24-14 at one point in that game. That was just a weird game. Uh, the defense just got pushed around all day. It was just, it, it was kind of an outlier. But yeah, I mean, that, he had to, he had to do that in that game. But there's, I think there's a big difference between doing it against the Raiders and doing it against a legitimate defense. The Raiders have a horrible defense, and so I, I, I got to give him credit for it. But I mean, Chandler Jones was out. They don't have anybody else. Max Crosby, but they, they just, they don't have anybody. And so he's done it. But, I mean, that's, you know, he's been checking off boxes. That's the whole thing was, okay, you won in Seattle and you did this and you did that. But has he, you know, has he played the playoffs? No, but you, every time you talk to him, you think you're talking to a 10-year vet. And we had a guy on today, and this is an interesting article. Jason Cole wrote it, and Jason Cole's been covering the NFL for a long time. I think it was an, on OutKick. 
and he talked about there's a, a certain test. I'll make it very, very quick. There's a certain test that you take. There's been over 3,500 NFL players take it, about 120 quarterbacks, and he's in the top 3%. And what it, uh, what it tells you is how quickly can you process things. And he was in the same category as a guy like Drew Brees. So he doesn't have the biggest arm. He isn't the biggest guy, all these different things. But he can scan the field. He gets rid of the football. He generally makes good decisions. And he acts like a 10-year veteran. Look, maybe he falls on his face. This is a very small, short sample size. But this is a fact. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo is better. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy's been better. And part of it is Christian McCaffrey. You guys know this because you saw it on December 15th. Even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't have the ball, He's like this orbit, he's like this planet, and he takes people with him. And then Debo's back and healthy, and Elijah Mitchell's back and healthy, and Brandon Ayuk had a, maybe one of the quietest 1,000-yard seasons that you'll ever see. And Juwan Jennings is great on third down, and George Kittle has seven touchdowns in his last four games because nobody can double him anymore. They have so many weapons that really all, I mean, this I'm making it sound simple, but all Brock Purdy has to do is read it and get it to the right guy. And it's it sounds simple, it's not, it's a complicated offense, but the kid is really smart. And so sometimes right. when, we, when we look at quarterbacks, we just look at the rock and arm and all these different things, and we forget to look at all the things that really Brock Purdy is really good at. So, look, could he fall on his face in week one in, of the playoffs for his first playoff career game? Yeah, he could. But he does a lot of really good things, and it fits the system and these players really well. Brock Purdy is going to be why Stetson Bennett gets drafted this year. <laughs> That's, he is. Like, and probably I'm not telling the, you. Probably not the, the you're last a, round you either. are 1,000% right. Boy, we could we go off I'm always on tangent. On I'm always, I'm always. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm always right. What are you talking? What yeah, are you talking right. you about? Were, yeah, right. uh, God, you, you brought up this that as you game. as you paint that picture with that offense. I think every Seahawks fan right now is like, well, I I thought it was going to be an uphill battle. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should. Maybe our guys shouldn't even show up. Well, no, man. It, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a pick your poison. I mean, they're on a ten game winning streak. They were three and four, and they're on a ten game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And look, at one point before they got McCaffrey, they're averaging like eighteen points a game. I mean, this offense, we're like, what is going on with his offense? His defense is really good. Since they got Purdy and McCaffrey together, they're averaging over thirty five. So again, I'm not saying that things can't change. They lead the league in turnover margin at plus 13. They were plus four against the Seahawks this year. The Seahawks had four turnovers. The 49ers had none. If things like that don't change, you know, the Seahawks blocked a field goal that Michael Jackson returned for for a touchdown, as you well know. That was the only score here in Santa Clara. So, look, they got to have special teams. They got to flip the turnover margin. They need a lot of things to go in their favor because if it's just line up and play, and again, this is just on paper, if it's just line up and play, and I'm not saying this because I'm in San Francisco, it's just the fact if it's just line up and play, then the 49ers should win. Well, and plus you get the experience. I don't know how much that matters, but I think it does matter. I think that's why 2012 was important for Seattle when they were making that run. Uh, you know, they, they beat Washington and lost to Atlanta, then won the Super Bowl the next year. I think that, I think that you know, maybe that's the case with this particular version of the 49ers. You know, last year they had high expectations and didn't get where they wanted to. They also, you know, in their same conference division, ran into the, the Super Bowl champion. I mean, Seattle's got 11 starters out of 22, 11 out of 22 that have never played a playoff game. Ooh. including the quarterback. Now, I mean, and, and you look through the league, I mean, San Francisco's got 100 in the NFC, 181 uh, playoff games of experience. Seattle's got 74. Now, if you take Bruce Irvin out of there, who's like 45 uh, <laughs> years old, you know, they, wasn't they he, he was in six, the Russell. Well, he was the first round pick in the Wilson draft with Wagner, wasn't he? Wasn't he the first pick in the first Irv, round? Irvin, Irvin, Wagner, Wagner Wilson. Boy. Yeah, Irvin, Wilson, right? And he's Wagner. the last yeah. one left. That's crazy. 
Yeah. That well, is this crazy. is his third tour of duty yeah. here, man. He's been here three. This is his third third stint here. So. Well, and that's the other uh, thing too yeah, is the bull, it, the- <laughs> they've they've got to rely on him to try to get some rush. They have to get some rush on on Purdy. They they have to get some rush. And if they don't, how's that offensive line? How, I mean, Trent Williams, the best left tackle yeah. probably in the business. How's the rest of that offensive line? They're healthy. I see that. Yeah, it, it was my biggest concern coming into the season because they had guys like Aaron Banks who hadn't played and Jake Brendel, who was like 30, but had never really started. And, and uh, they started a they're starting a first or a fourth round pick at a Texas San Antonio at right guard. And so I'm looking at this line going, they can't be any good. They actually finished. I don't know. Do you believe in Pro Football Focus? Maybe, maybe not. It's like the fifth I do, rated. I do. Off- yeah. So they're like the fifth rated yeah. offensive line. McGlinchey definitely is a better run blocker than a pass blocker. He can be bull rushed and those kind of things. He's tall, but yeah, like you said, Trent Williams is a bull, and Aaron Banks has become pretty good. He missed last week, but he'll be back this week. They like to run left and um, behind Trent Williams and uh, and Aaron Banks, and and they like to bully people, and they've been pretty successful. Save me a seat. Uh, save me a spot in the uh, omelet line on, on Saturday morning. All right. We have the, not uh, that anybody box. cares. We have the worst press box food ever. Uh, you know, I went to Vegas. They got it all set up. I, you know, no, you don't. SoFi is no, great. No, that's not even. No, really? no, no. You guys, you guys are pretty solid. Yeah, really. You're pretty solid. Yep. Yeah. They used to solid. do like prime pretty rib. Solid. It was great. Not that anybody cares, but now that it's just omelet every week. What do you want? Omelet. Still got still have beer in the press box afterwards too. And that's I think. that's a so good that's call. Good. That's, that's always solid. Close. That's a bonus. Yeah. All right, John Lund. Are you, are you are, coming? You're coming down uh, you early. Can, uh, you're coming. You're coming. You're gonna be in the stadium yeah, early. Yeah. Shooting yeah. Early? Well, I'll be. We're doing. We're doing live shots on Friday morning. Uh, right. Come join us 6 a.m. outside the stadium. Um, do some live shots, and then uh, well, 8, 8 a.m. on uh, on Sunday or Saturday. All right. Saturday. Like come it. Come on by. Yeah, I will. I will come yeah. on by. I'll just leave my pregame show. They don't need me. They got out. They got, no. they got like They're, five guys on that show. They won't even miss me. We'll hang out with you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's for sure. All right. <laughs> Wait, I walked into that one. <laughs> Good move by me. John, John Lund. See, I knew it. See, it took to the end of, end of our discussion, but you took a shot. Listen. Took a shot. I, well, you put it right on the tee. Right down the middle, right just like tea. last week at Calipo, uh, in, in, in Maui. All right. Uh, sure. More to come, 93.3 KJRFM. See ya.